G'day, what's up? It's Aiden Jones here. You are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 4th of July, 2023. Oh, the 4th of July. Oh, wouldn't you bloody know it? Isn't that the day that it is today? <coughs> oh, my God. Just outside. I saw, All right. So I'm in Iceland. Uh, I'm in Reykjavik still. I'm recording on Monday Reykjavik time. I've just looked out the window. There's a guy who is wearing a red tracksuit and a red top and a hoodie talking sketchily on the phone, but he looks like Dan Muggleton. I want to take a fucking photo of this cunt. Let me get a photo of him. Can I still... Oh, he's just kind of gone behind this weird flagpole. Come on, mate. Come back. Do you guys know Dan Muggleton, the listeners of this podcast, of my parish? He's a great comic and a good friend. And he's known for wearing a red tracksuit, like an Adidas tracksuit, top and bottom. That's like his whole brand. It's pathetic. (laughs) No, it's very smart branding, actually. Um, And one thing that he does is he, uh, his fans take photos of other people in the world wearing red tracksuits and uh, send them to him and then he reposts them. And it just, it perpetuates his brand. It's very smart. And I've just seen a guy standing in a car park talking on the phone wearing exactly that and he's gone behind a fucking pole and I can't see him anymore. You piece of shit. Anyway, how are you guys? Doing good? Huh? Having a nice time? I'm actually having a lovely time. My bags are still not here. I just got a... um, Remember last week when I was in the airport and I was like, next week I'll probably have my bags and it'll be all fine. It's not all fine. I'm still waiting. I've sent... uh, The email chain is now running at 32 emails in the last week between me and the Kuala Lumpur lost luggage control people. And the most recent one I got was just them saying the same thing they've been saying since Wednesday, which is that they're waiting for another airline to send my baggage to me. So they found it. They found it as soon as I landed in Reykjavik. They were like, hey, it's in Melbourne. Yeah, we never sent it. I was like, sick thinking that was going to be it resolved now pretty quickly. But then they're like, oh, we don't have any flights to Reykjavik. I was like, what about London? And they were like, no, we don't have any to London either. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be in Athens. And I sent them this whole long list of my itinerary. And they're like, yeah, we're still trying to do it. And how hard is it to send a fucking bag? You're an airline. Like, you're in a fucking airport. I just, they just said... We do not have any interline agreement with other airlines, so we are still seeking help from other from other them to send your baggage to your last destination. We are still doing our best to send your bag. We will update you once we get updated from them. I mean, that's what they've been saying since Wednesday. I'm so fucking angry, man. There's no time frame. There's no like, hey, this is how long we expect it to take or anything. It's just fucking vagaries and bullshit. And I just, I'm fucking, it's really, if I let it, it's just driving me crazy, man. Because I don't have my stuff. I don't have my clothes or anything. And I also don't really know who to contact to find out what I'm entitled to and how I uh, go about getting, you know, any money or anything. I just feel I feel really fucking hopeless. I just did a, a Google search before, but it's international, so there's like various different treaties, and maybe I need to do more research. I wish there was someone who could help me. Yeah, I feel really helpless. I feel really helpless in this 
fucking predicament. Anyway, I'm not going to sit in that, am I? I've got a nice cup of tea here. Let me drink it real quick. I'm in the hostel that I'm going to be staying in for just tonight. Yum. Oh, my God. London Fruit and Herb Company is the name of this tea. It's a cinnamon and apple blend. And it's in a tiny little teacup because that's what happens sometimes when you go to a hostel. All they have is a tiny little teacup for you to put your tea in. They don't have any big cups, but you know what? That's okay, because at least they didn't lose my fucking bags. <laughs> it's been a lovely week. The bags thing is really the only thing that's been stressing me out. Like, I just, I accepted early in the week that I wasn't going to sell shitloads of tickets for the show. And you know what? The shows were great. Saturday, I had about 12 people in. And then last night... I actually realised that my show was the last show in the main venue of the Fringe before the awards show. So I was at 9 o'clock and the awards show was at 10. So people were just in the venue anyway and they all watched my show. So I probably had like 50, 60 people in last night. It was fucking fantastic, man. People were in there. I did my show, you know, I, I just like front loaded it with stand up bits and really hit them hard and then uh, settled into the story of the show. I, uh, I hit a riff at one point going like, you know, it's really nerve wracking because like half the artists in the whole fringe are here and I know everyone's looking at me going, I could have had that time slot and uh, <laughs> that got like a big laugh because everyone's like, yeah, it is the best time slot right before the awards show. Everyone's watching your show, you know, so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really been uh, doing that much stand-up this week. I feel like this month, this whole month, I'm kind of having a bit of a, I don't know, like a, almost an unwilling break. Like I'm doing this thing in Greece and I'm doing, uh, then I've got my, like I'm doing, I'm doing the, the farm work thing from tomorrow. I really, it's, all right, this is my plan this week. Tomorrow, I'm still going to be in Reykjavik, so Tuesday day, and then I fly out in the evening, and I fly straight to Athens through Barcelona, and then to Athens, and I get to Athens on like Tuesday mid-morning, and I guess I'll just try and buy like some new shoes, and um, to, to work on the farm, and then like, you know, like some new pants, and a few new shirts and stuff, so that I can go to this uh, farm, this workaway farm that I'm going to be staying at for like a week and work there. And I don't know what their facilities are like. I don't know if there is any power on the farm at all. I don't know how I'm going to be doing the podcast or like, you know, I've got plans to release two episodes of Still Not Drunk every week as well. I actually haven't thought about how I'm going to go about doing that and, you know, whether... <laughs> I have no idea the situation that I'm about to step into, but um, I'm hoping that there's like some kind of town or something nearby that'll have a bar or a cafe that at least I can take my laptop to and charge my stuff, charge my power pack and charge my laptop so that I can still release podcasts and go on the internet and whatever. But I mean, I have no idea, you know? And I also don't have my bag, so I don't have my clothes that I packed to work and I don't know what kind of work I'm going to be doing I really don't know anything all I know is that the lady running the project the, the description of her project so on work away on the website there's like all different descriptions of the projects of like you know we're a couple and we're gonna we own a horse farm and we need you to take care of the horses or we need you to build a fucking 
help us build a new room on the edge of our house or whatever the fuck kind of work they want to do, right? Gardening or whatever. This lady's description, the first sentence was just like, <laughs> was like uh, a few months ago, one of our volunteers said to me, I'm not a pussy, but I need to leave the farm. And she goes, and I said to him, that's right, you're not a pussy, are you? Because vaginas are strong, powerful. <laughs> and and that's, the, that's the opening. She's like, so if you're not strong and powerful like a pussy, then I recommend that you don't come to my... <laughs> to my community. And like... As soon as I read that, alarm bells started ringing. But for some reason, I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is another bit of poor decision making on my part. But <laughs> immediately, I was like, I want to go and check this out. I think it's some kind of like competitive or contrarian nature of mine, where I'm like, I need to prove her. <laughs> like she sounds crazy, and I need to prove that I am. I don't know. What the fuck am I doing? Who am I proving? What am I proving? I need to prove to her that men... It sounded like... It sounded like... I mean, I don't think this is... Maybe I'm projecting onto this, but it sounded like she had like a weird thing with that man or... I don't know. It's something about men and women and so I need to go there and prove that like I'm a good kind of man and that men are great, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the vaginas are strong and you know what else is strong dicks <laughs> so um yeah so i've decided to go i messaged her and she was like oh my daughter wants to be a comedian amazing you're gonna be so great here so she's been very kind there's nothing else to suggest that she might be insane except for the insane thing that she said <laughs> So, yeah, I've got to get some clothes. I'm, I'm landing in Athens on Wednesday morning and I'll buy some, some clothes to go work on the farm and then I'll go do that. And then I will be there for another week. And then I guess if I still haven't heard from the airline that they've sent my bags to Athens, then I will need to come back. Oh, God. You know what? You know what else I want to look up? Right. I'm going to look up how much it costs to get your bags sent from one airport to another airport. Why don't I look that up now? Google, can you get bags sent from one airport to another? There we go. Let's have a look here. Of course you can. You can easily send your luggage with the send my bag. All right. Send baggage ahead. Now, how much does this cost? Send luggage ahead. Get a quick quote from uh, Malaysia. Maldives, no, Malaysia to Greece. Show prices. Let's have a look here. Expected up to 30 kilos is 287. Oh, no, you know what? My bag was only like. 10 kilos and it's up to 15 kilos 172 pounds okay four to five working days due to varying delivery times to islands we do not recommend sending baggage for a one to two week holiday on this route 
allow one to five extra working days for delivery to islands. Okay, all right. So I could get it sent to Athens in a week, a working week, for for fucking three hundred Australian dollars. I'm gonna ask them if I can do that because they are fucking. Oh, listen to how angry I am. I ju- I can't believe. You know what? It's a testament to the work that I've done in therapy and over the time that I've been fucking recording this podcast that this has not completely ruined my trip to Iceland because it's been a wonderful week. I've made new friends. I've seen a bit of the country. I went to the, man, I went to the Penis Museum on Thursday. Talk about dicks being strong. I think the Penis Museum has a very interesting place in the conversation around gender and feminism and everything. I thought it was really cool because, like, I don't know. I get, I have I've been having having a few conversations about this lately. I guess as a man, there's like an element of shame to being a man at the moment because everyone, like, the whole discourse is like men are hurting women and violence against women, and it's true, you know, and it is awful. But then. Like, I read an article on The Guardian the other day by, I can't remember who, some feminist lady, talking about how, like, Andrew Tate and all of these guys, the reason they resonate with young men so much is because if you're raised by progressive people, the whole time they're telling you, hey, men do all this bad stuff, you know? Or we go, oh, fucking man, blah, 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 blah. And so you're, like, growing up, like, being ashamed of being a man. It's like, oh, men are bad. Men do all this bad stuff. And then there's a man, Andrew Tate. Oh, my God, the Muggleton guy. There he is. There he is. There he is. Get a photo. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Brother, I'm going to fucking snap you, cunt. (laughs) I got him. He's in the car park smoking a ciggy. Fuck, he looks so dodgy. (laughs) Oh, my God. What's he been doing standing there for so long? How long have I been recording for? Like 10 minutes. He's just been standing in the car park of this fast food drive-thru restaurant. (laughs) Aktu taktu. I don't know if it's fast food. Yeah, it is. It's fast food drive-through. And he just came out from behind whatever big pole he was standing behind that meant that I couldn't see him. Ducked out for two seconds to keep smoking his ciggy and then ducked back behind. What the fuck are you doing, cunt? Maybe he works there and he's on smoke break. Does Aktu Taktu... Let's look up Aktu Taktu and see what their ratings are on Google, hey? That's always fun, isn't it? Aktutaktu, that's the name of the place. Aktutaktu, 3.6 stars. Uh, Good burger and fries at an affordable price. Nah, man, let's see. Lois. (laughs) In the Heinz ketchup bottle on the table, there is cheap ketchup alternative. This whole place is an overpriced joke. The restaurant is very dirty. The service is incredibly slow and not kind at all. The hamburger was tasteless. Do not come here. I reckon that guy, the Muggleton-looking dude, with his tracksuit top and bottoms and his fucking ciggy, I reckon he's the chef. <laughs> Would you like a starving burger? Staff is typical Icelandic customer service, so they aren't nice or friendly at all. We finished ordering, nothing was said, so we just stood at the counter. <laughs> they just ordered and then no one said anything to them, so they just stood there. Another employee brought out the food and we told her it was our food. She ignored us and walked out to the dining area to look for someone else to give it to. Rude, rude, rude. I couldn't believe how both employees acted like we were ghosts. 
that was from Owen Elliott three years ago. Oh my god, this is fucking awesome. Me and my boyfriend got some burgers and shakes from them a few days ago. I asked for them to fry that. You've been sitting on this for a few days. You've been stewing on it. I've never stewed on anything for a week. I'm talking about my bags. Anyway, they didn't. Uh, I asked for them to fry the onion on my burger and add barbecue sauce. They did neither and instead gave us a bag of onion rings, which were charged for without realizing. The shakes were also completely liquid, even though we drank them as soon as we got them. Then, when we got home and started eating our burgers, we noticed the fries were missing from one of the offers, and to top all of it off, the burgers were completely dry, and the bread was so hard, it was completely inedible. While the other burger was good, halfway through it, we found a dark hair, <laughs> capitals, in the middle of it, when we were, uh, when we are both blind. Absolutely disgusting. How dare they treat Aryan people in this awful way. Fucking white people. I'm doing it to them. I tried contacting the company itself because I was very unhappy paying extra for something I didn't even order and getting a barely edible meal with missing fries, but two days later they still haven't answered. The absolute gall to charge over 8,000 kroner, that's about 80 Australian dollars, 85 Australian dollars for this. Their service has never been great, but it's never been this abysmal. Absolutely do not recommend. I'm going to mark that review as helpful. What if you go through and give, like, mark not helpful to all the bad reviews? That'd be funny. The Polish staff, oh my God, this is fucking, the Polish staff working there are totally unacceptable. <laughs> they got Polish people, it's disgusting. I came here to see them screaming, swearing, throwing food and kicking doors, afraid to think what they are doing with the food in the kitchen. Sick. Yeah, awesome. Don't go to Aktu Taktu, guys. Don't get your food cooked by the... Uh, oh, what's the British word? The Chav. It's like Chav Daniel Muggleton. That's what the guy in the car park is. Chav Dan Muggleton. Smoking a ciggy and a beanie in a red tracksuit, pacing around the car park. Anyway, so I was at the Penis Museum. Yeah, I guess the reason that... that what this article was saying that I really resonated with me is like the reason that these young guys are being drawn to psycho misogynist cunt fuck figures like Andrew Tate are because he's the only person out there telling them that they don't have to be ashamed to be a man that they can be proud of being a man that they can celebrate being a man that there's no there's no way to celebrate being a man that's just like cool you know, that's like fun and and uh, and like accepting and the different kinds of ways of being a man, like emotion and I don't know. There's just there's no there's no role model for men out there that's not like yeah, man, I fuck heaps of chicks and uh, any girl. You know, that's like that's like almost opposed to women and whatever. There's no man that's just like, yeah, I'm a good dude and I have friends and I'm happy and I care about the people in my life and I feel love and sadness and all this stuff. And uh, the Penis Museum felt in a way like it was contributing to what I would like to see in that conversation, which is like dicks, all different kinds of dicks, different dicks from the animal kingdom and the history of dicks. 
the different ways that they work, the different ways that they work in the animal kingdom, uh, the different kinds of sexual relationships or reproductive relationships, monogamy, polygamy, um, homosexual relationships in the animal kingdom and sex and like, you know, the, I mean, it's amoral. So there's like polygamy and monogamy and there's like rape in the animal kingdom and there's like consensual sex and there's homosexual and heterosexual sex. There's all of this stuff and it's just presented with a no judgment on any of it. It's just like this happens and that and this and these dicks are like this and these dicks are like this. And it was there's something very cool about it. I guess we talk about normalizing conversations around things. This was just normalizing. Talking about dick. Let's just talk about dicks, man. All these different dicks. Look at them go. I got a photo of me standing next to... Uh, a penis in like a giant pickled jar uh, a penis of a sperm whale the biggest penis in the animal kingdom apparently and it's bigger than me it was taller than me I got some random guys they took a photo next to it I was like hey man can you take a photo of me next to that and they were like yes and then we started making out and we sucked each other's dicks <laughs> nah it was really cool you know what that's going to be the photo for this week's podcast it's going to be me standing next to the penis museum the, sorry standing next to the sperm whale dick in the penis museum I also you know what I did I um, I got a shirt from the penis museum it's real nice it's like a kind of ochre orange t-shirt with uh, the, the uh, Reykjavik phallological museum that's what they call it the phallological museum which is hilarious um, just this big logo in the middle and uh, because I don't have my clothes because the airline took them oh my god he's back he's back do I have a better photo come on come on come on yes that is such a better photo he's back he's out there smoking still he doesn't really have a tracksuit top it's more like a hoodie maybe I don't know god he's just the fucking goat this guy I think I got one. Yes, yes, I got one with him with the ciggy in his mouth. Fucking come on. Uh, <laughs> um, I haven't had any word from the airport on whether they're going to reimburse me for my costs. So, um, but I've been saving the receipts of all of the clothes that I bought. And at some point, I hope to be able to get that money back. Oh, God. Oh, God. I fucking hate this. Anyway, so, yeah, I bought a shirt from the Phallological Museum. And I hope that they will fucking pay for that. Oh, my God. What else has been going on? Uh, what shows have I seen? I've seen, I've seen a bunch of shows. I saw a show called Acid Klaus, which was a comedian from the UK who I had a chat to. I can't remember the dude's name. Damn it. Um, we had a few chats. Really good dude. And, like, seems like he has stand-up comedy chops, you know? Like, he did a few years of stand-up and trying to get into the clubs before he started incorporating music into his act. And the music that he does is uh, he has, like, a loop machine and, like, this synthesizer and all this stuff and, like, shit with his mouth. And he kind of uses it to build the energy in the room, but then also cuts the music at certain points and just talks over it or interacts with the crowd or whatever. And man, that was such a good show. He was, he was one of the shows at the end of the day in the same venue as I was as well. So like he was just before there was going to be a karaoke party. I think it was on Thursday night. 
So there were heaps of people there for his show, which was sick because he deserved it. He was so good. I think he actually won an award. I can't remember what award he won, but he, he won an award last night at the awards show. <sighs> that was a fantastic show. The One of the things that really struck me about his show was some of the jokes. What was the joke? There was one of the jokes. What is... Oh, yeah. Uh, what's a rapper's favourite colour? Mauve, bitch. <laughs> Which is an awful joke. It's horrific. But everyone laughed at it. And uh, as I was watching that, all I could think was like, it's really impressive that he managed to get that joke over, that he managed to sell that joke. Because I don't know if people are aware of this, but in stand-up we talk about selling a joke and like you can get people to laugh. You can have great jokes but not have a good stage presence and people don't, you know, they don't see what's funny about the joke. Or you can have shitty jokes but have a very relatable or whatever some kind of stage presence to draw the audience in and you can get people to laugh at really shit jokes still in a sincere way just because they like you or because they whatever way you are on stage contextualizes the joke and makes it still funny to them and um the way that he used the music and built the energy on stage and kind of just the way that he was on stage was so good that he managed to get the audience to laugh at what's a rapper's favourite colour, mauve bitch. And the fact that we laughed at that also made it funny. And it wasn't like an ironic laughter. It wasn't like, huh, oh, I see what you did there. No, it was like genuine laughter. And then when you laugh and you realise what you've just laughed at, there's more laughter. And it was fucking great, man. I really loved it. And... I've been thinking about my new show and I actually don't know what I'm going to call it now. Starving Artist was one idea, but then I had the idea to go back to calling it a kayak for Christmas. Like I was talking about last week. I don't know, mate. I don't know about either of those. Now I'm thinking because it's going to have piano in the show, maybe I should call it narrative in E flat major because I'm going to be playing Chopin's Nocturne in E flat major and telling stories. So narrative in E flat major and then call it Opus 6, number one, because that's what they have at the end of the titles of classical songs, like classical music pieces. Like Chopin's Nocturne in E-flat major, I think is Opus 9, number two, which is how they catalogue the works of classical musicians. That Someone catalogues it, and so it's like work by work number. So like there's three Chopin Nocturnes that are in Opus 9. The one, I think it's B B-flat minor, E f- is opus nine number one B f- uh, E flat major is opus nine number two and then there's another one I can't remember that's uh, opus nine number three anyway it's my sixth show it's my sixth solo show so could be cool to call it opus six number one right nice one for the real heads out there but um yeah, the way that he used music was so great. And then we sat down and chatted after the show, after his show, and I was talking about that. And I guess just the... Because he came up through stand-up as well and the feeling that we've both had where it's like in stand-up, you're kind of seen as lesser if you're not just doing straight stand-up. But that doesn't have to be the way. Like, I want to put on a show. This is what this this week at the Fringe, at the uh, Reykjavik Fringe, has really got me thinking about how else I can augment my performance to make it into more of a show, to make it more unique and memorable so people want to come. Because 
I know I have the craft in place and when people come, it's great, but I just, I need to figure out a way to fucking get them through the fucking door. And, uh, and when they're there to make it like a really special experience, you know, like, um, so some of the other shows, like I saw Disney and drag, Disney and drag, those guys were great. They won a couple of awards last night. Phenomenal show. I'm not someone who I would say that I'd generally go to drag. I'm not really that interested in it, you know? It doesn't feel like it has anything for me or I just don't feel drawn to it, but their show, Disney and Drag, was it was a lot about gender and sexuality and just talking about these things and the main character going through. And I guess it's kind of for kids, but it's also for adults and it's not really for kids, actually, because it's got a lot of sex stuff in there, but, like, it kind of had the tone of an educational piece. It's very fun. What I really admire about those kind of performances is the the amount of fun that the performers seem to be having on stage, that they're just, the way they smile, the way it's not self-conscious at all. There's no level of like, oh, is this cool what I'm doing? Is this okay? Are people judging me? They don't care. They just do stuff. The way that they smile is a huge one. The way that like drag and burlesque and, and all those performers, the way they smile on stage... I could, I look at it, I'm like, I could never smile like that. It's too happy. <laughs> I take myself too seriously. <laughs> and that's, that's a, that's a mark on me, you know, I take myself too seriously that I can't, I would love to be able to smile like that, but I just, I don't know. If I did it, there would still be sarcasm in it. I would hold on to the sarcasm. I couldn't just go out there and just put a big smile and sing a song. I mean, that's not what I want to do. But I think it's so cool to see someone doing that and be like, man, look at that. Look at them fucking enjoying their thing. What else did I see? I saw this group of six women doing uh, improv at uh, this one bar one night. I walked in about a third of the way into the show and there were six women on this tiny stage. I think they were all locals and like, just doing improv man the way that they were doing improv was they would so uh, there would be two or three of them in each scene and they would start with one idea of the scene and then at any time the other ones could just come in and tag them out when they thought the scene was running out of juice or if they had another idea to change it or take it in a different direction or even push like you know at one point it would be like the start of a meeting between two people and then someone would tag them in and they would make it into like the end of that or like an hour later or a day later or years later and then they would tag them out and just do something thematically similar like maybe it's two people that are having a similar meeting but they're like different kind of people like change the context to make it funny or whatever and they just kept going they just kept going and going and going with very few inputs from the crowd and it was it reminded me of something that I find really hard in stand-up which is when I go onto the stage I always have something to fall back on the material the jokes and something that I find so hard, but when I do it, I find it so gratifying is just to go on stage with no plan and to keep pushing forwards and never veer off or divert back to something that I've said before. And it's so fucking hard and scary and brave. And I watch these girls do it for, you know, 40 minutes, pretty much. I think they stopped for new uh, prompts from the audience, like maybe twice in that time. Very inspiring. <clears throat> What am I thinking of doing with the new show? With the new show, I was thinking maybe um, 
if I'm going to be playing piano and telling stories, maybe I could make... When I used to play piano, we would have concerts, like my, my teacher would set up concerts for all of our students, uh, like every three months or six months, and you would sit there, you would come to the concert and you would play your pieces in front of all the other students and their parents and stuff. And uh, there would be a program, a concert program, and it was just like an A4 thing or like... I can't remember exactly what they looked like or if there was a kind of aesthetic to them, but I think it'd be kind of cool to have like a concert program for my show left on all the seats. So when people walk in, they pick up a program. But it's like notes. It's, I, I don't know, it's like something that I've written. And it's like today, Aiden will be playing Chopin's Nocturne in E-flat major, opus nine, number two. And, and, and then like telling these stories and I have like a set list almost of like the stories that I'm going to tell that'd be funny and then also like a bit of information about you know like about the artist about me or whatever and then at the back there's a, a QR code for them to scan or maybe something for them to put in and they scan the QR code and then it gets to the end and it goes like you're about to watch the show so sign up to my mailing list or leave this open and then if you like the show at the end sign up to the mailing list I reckon I'm going to do that yep yeah, a little concert program. That'd be funny. And then there can be a few... I can have a few little tidbits from the show in there. Like, I was thinking maybe my grandpa's birth certificate or obviously with, like, some of the details blanked out. But do you know what I mean? Like, just, like, some of the things from the adoption or some of the stuff. Little kind of tokens. Little things. I'm not quite sure. Also, just like interesting lighting changes, like in Edinburgh, I'm not going to have a lighting technician or a sound technician, but I was thinking I'll be in, the, I know the room that I'm going to be in and there's not really a spotlight as much in the room as there is just like a, the, the light on the wall, but I was thinking of buying like a tall, like a, like a, a large office lamp and maybe even putting some cellophane or something over it so when it comes to me playing the piano, I get someone from the audience to turn the main lights off, like the house lights off, and then I'll just do a lighting change. I'll have the light go on next to me and it just shines on the piano and maybe it's like purple or something like that, you know? And then I play the little bit of piano and it's just like a fun mood lighting change. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's where my head's at. I'm trying to think of different shit. <sighs> I feel inspired. You know what? That's what I'm putting as the title of this this podcast. I feel inspired. I feel inspired to make a more theatrical version of the the thing that I do, the stand-up comedy and storytelling act that I do. I feel inspired to make it a more unique experience for people when they come into the show. I feel inspired um, I feel inspired to hatred by the worthless fucking dogs down at Air Asia who have for a week done absolutely fucking nothing to get my bag back to me with my suit for my fucking best friend's wedding so I feel inspired to hatred by their actions I feel inspired to tolerance by <laughs> by this whole situation and just yeah man I don't know I do I feel inspired after this week at the fringe 
Saturday during the day, I went with some new friends who I've met. These Disney and drag guys, wonderful people. We, uh, I was, I was gonna t- today. I was gonna go and explore. I was gonna book myself into a tour and go and explore Iceland a little bit. But I was also kind of holding off on booking it because I thought, what if I meet someone and they're going on a tour and I can split the cost with them? And that's exactly what these guys were doing. They hired two cars. They had a spot in the car. So I said, can I come? And they got me in and split the costs on that. And we went to this one place that's like a place where the two tectonic plates converge or they're like pulling apart from each other. And so the ground is like opening up and it's becoming water in between that spot. And uh, this one area in Iceland where that's happening, that's also, there's like a big rock formation there. And that's where they used to have the parliament, like the Viking parliament back in the day. Because Iceland's been inhabited for about a thousand years. Oh, you know what, man? I, I got I to gotta say some stuff about Iceland. Because I haven't said anything since last week. I haven't been here. I got here after I did the podcast. Iceland as a country... Oh, actually, I've got some funny stories. Iceland as a country, when I first got here and landed, like, I was reading a bit about the history on the way here and trying to get a, get my head around, like, what this place is. And I was reading about how, yeah, the Vikings came here a thousand years ago, 1,200 years ago, something like that. And that was the first human inhabitants to the place. Um, how cool that they came here and there was no one here rather than the British who came to Australia and said that there was no one here, but actually there were fucking heaps of people here and we just killed them. What a nice alternative history we could have had (laughs) if there was actually, if we came to a place where there was actually no one like the Icelandic people did. Anyway, so uh, they came here and uh, yeah, they've been living here under various different, you know, Danish rule and Norwegian rule and eventually independence and, and, uh, I guess when I was coming here, I, everyone was telling me that it was really expensive. And when I heard that, I assumed they meant expensive like Singapore or Sweden. I've never been to Sweden, but, you know, like expensive like a nice, like a really fancy place. And it's expensive because everyone's rich. And I got here and I realized it's not that at all. The reason this place is expensive is because it's literally a frozen rock in the middle of the ocean. And there's no farmland here. There's some livestock that live. And so they eat that meat, I guess, horse and and uh, and sheep. I don't know if there's cows. Maybe there's cows. And they, they fish. They eat a lot of fish, obviously, because they're surrounded by ocean. But, like, by and large, there's no farmland. There's no crops. So everything that they eat has to be shipped in from wherever the fuck else and that makes it really expensive also though I heard that energy prices are like non-existent because they have all of this there's like there's like geysers or like steam or like sulfur mist rising out of the ground all over the country because it's a volcano and uh, they just put like little huts on top of that and like funnel it into a place and get it to spin a turbine it's like geothermal energy and apparently that powers like half the country. Apparently they just leave all of their heaters running all the time because it's all running on free power. That's cool. Very cool society. Oh, I saw Ari Eljaran. I think that's how you say his name. Ari Eljaran, who uh, is a comedian from Iceland. I saw his set. That may be the highlight of everything that I've seen while I was here. It was straight stand-up, but he's Icelandic and he was talking about being Icelandic and 
performing to an Icelandic audience and he told this amazing story about the Icelandic Prime Minister who was just this random person going to meet the Swedish king. Like, the Icelandic Prime Minister is not, like, a big career politician. It was just, like, an ex-teacher who they all loved and so they elected him as Prime Minister. And then he went to meet the, the Swedish king and took a delegation of artists from Iceland and Ari was picked as one of those people. And so he went there with him and no one knew how to act around the Swedish king and there was this whole story of whatever misadventure and blah, 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 blah. But it was so endearing and I guess what it told me about the Icelandic people was that they just see themselves, they know that they're this weird outpost. Oh my God, Muggleton's still fucking standing there. This dude's been standing in the parking lot and just chain-smoking darts for ages. Why aren't you cooking the patties, brother? Get back in there and cook a burger. Aktutaktu's waiting for you. I don't know what this guy's doing, man. He's fucking weird. Um, the Icelandic... Maybe that's the Prime Minister. <laughs> the Icelandic people... It seems like they see themselves as... like they, They're aware that they're this weird outpost on the edge of civilization and they kind of love it like this isn't a place where there's kind of stuffy tradition and all these ideas about you know the way you have to behave or whatever because there's just not that much power and money concentrated here so those things never really develop also they said uh, apparently Iceland has a bit of a chip on its shoulder because of that I don't know I, I mean I don't know I haven't seen that, but I've only been here for a week. So what the fuck would I know? But um, watching this famous Icelandic comedian perform to his people and reflect themselves back at them and watching them laugh and seeing how they laughed and what they laughed at, I feel like I learned more about the people of Iceland in that hour than I ever could have, you know, like talking to Icelandic people and asking them about themselves. That's, that's a great thing about stand-up, isn't it? You see what people laugh at and you learn about them as a people, as a group, rather than as individuals. That was very special. Um, yeah, I went to uh, this this supermarket, Bonus, which is the cheapest supermarket because shit is fucking expensive. The first night I was here, I got a hot dog for 20 Australian dollars. Just a hot dog. Brutal. Um... And uh, so I go to the bonus the next day and I get, you know, buy some rice, buy some veggies, buy some fucking, buy some cheese and I'm going to make my, make my little Fritz cheese and rainbow sandwiches. Don't have any rainbow, so I just get some spinach, get some uh, chili mayo as well. And I get this log of like, I'm trying to figure out whether it's Fritz frozen, but I'm like, it's, it's in a log like, you know, like Fritz or Devon or whatever. And I get it back to the place and I chuck it in some hot water and it thaws pretty quick. And I'm like, dope, that's great. And then I go to open the package with a knife and a bit of blood comes out. And I'm like, huh, okay. And I uh, Google Translate. I had Google Translated when I was at Bonus and it said horse meat. Hrusahak. But I just assumed like that that's what the, you know, it was still just going to be processed meat in a kind of ham-like form that you could eat. And when I opened it up, it wasn't like that. It was mince. And that's why there was blood in there. It was just like horse mints is what I had bought. This log of horse mints. 
And I'm like, you know what? I'm in another country. Let me try and cook it up and see what's going on. The guy who I was, one of the guys I was staying with was like, yeah, man, fuck it. We're traveling. That's what it's all about. So I made some horse mince patties and I made sandwiches and I fried them up. And then I took them out in my bag to the fringe that night and I went to eat one. And uh, let me tell you, horse mince, fucking awful. <laughs> It was so bad. It could not have tasted worse. Maybe it was just the knowledge that I was eating horse mince. Maybe it was just that I knew I was eating it and that that just felt uncomfortable. But I took one bite and I think I swallowed one bite. Maybe I took two bites. Maybe I should have seasoned it better. Maybe I should have put more salt and pepper. And But I had fucking chili mayo in the sandwich. Nah, it was just fucked, dude. It was really fucked. It made me really sad. I threw those two sandwiches in the bin. And then I threw the rest of the horse mints in the bin, went out and just bought regular ham. Serves me right for trying to cut corners and buy fucking horse mints. You psycho. All right. Um, I think that's almost the pod, man. Saturday, just went out with these guys from the Disney on Ice gang and uh, went to the hot, oh, the warm baths where the rainwater runs over hot volcanic rocks and into these pools and it's just warm and you can sit in there. We sat in this hot pool while it was raining. That was wonderful. Yeah, we went to the old the side of the old Icelandic parliament and saw all this stuff, saw the fault lines, drove around, talked shit all day. It was great. I'm, I'm genuinely having a great time. I've had a great time in Iceland. I'm kind of ready to leave because I haven't seen night time since I got here and it's really fucking with my head. But other than that, it's been great. I can't wait to get to Greece. I really, really am really just hopeful that this time next week my bag situation is resolved. I don't know how much hope I have for these AirAsia people and maybe I'm just going to be having to buy an entirely new suit when I get to Athens. But um, all we have is hope, hey? All we have is hope. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening this week to the podcast. I hope you're having a good time wherever you're at and I'll catch you next week. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.